Last week, Pastor Danny followed up on my message on mind your own business. And what is your business? Your business is to make disciples. Right? You can be in all kinds of ministries. That's fine. We need those. But the main ministry is disciple making. Amen? All right. And he challenged us. I tried to translate this as best I can. Obey and make disciples now and see victory and blessings. Obey and make disciples now and see victory and blessings in your lives. Why is it important? Why is it important to remind ourselves that we should obey? Because obedience is God's love language. And that is what, what brings blessings. Now, we're not after the blessings. We are after pleasing God. But in God's graciousness to us, when we obey Him out of love, in return, He blesses us. God does not need our money. But He says, if you prove your love to me and bring the whole time into the storehouse, I will pour out a blessing on you that your barns will not be able to contain. I will not share in particular, but I know there is someone here who has been very faithful in tithing, and God has blessed her beyond measure. Oops, bye-bye. <laughs> what kind of obedience does God require? God wants 100% obedience. All means all. We should remove our mindset the Filipino mindset of what? Pwede na. That's dangerous. You know why? It breeds complacency. I have changed so much, I think I have arrived. Now, if you are faithful to read your Bible, even the Apostle Paul himself says, I have not yet arrived. And if you believe that you're better than the Apostle Paul and say that you have arrived, can you please stay after? I would like to meet you. And I'm sure the rest of the church would like to meet you as well. None of us have yet arrived. That's why we remind ourselves, have 100% obedience to God as our focus. Because if we fall back, we will become complacent and we will not achieve the full potential that God has in store for us. What is the enemy of the best? Good. Why? I'm good enough. God wants you the best. But you're happy with good. God not only wants your mind. He wants your heart. That's why he said, love the Lord with all. God doesn't want a half heart. He wants your whole heart. God doesn't want just part of your life. He wants your full life. But what is happening to Christians today, as Pastor Danny shared with us last week, this is a survey among Christians, okay? Among Christians in America. Take a look again. You see yourself there. Are you there? Are you there? Oh, come on. Some of you are there. Some of you are not. But I guarantee you in this last one, 
All of us are there. See? 100% want to go to heaven. I pray the prayer, I'm going to heaven. Forget the rest. I don't need to know what the Bible says. I don't need to know what the Bible says so that I can obey it. Why? I'm already going to heaven. Why? I pray the prayer. Well, wake up, people. My brothers and sisters, wake up. Just because you pray the prayer may not mean that you really have a relationship with God. Just because you prayed a prayer. God expects those of us who have placed their faith in Him to live a life worthy of our calling. Pastor Danny challenged us last week. Here's the challenge. Husbands, intentionally disciple your wives. Parents, intentionally disciple your children. Older brothers and sisters, help disciple your younger brothers and sisters. When families obey all that Christ commands us, we could see Christianity revived. Today, sad to say, Christianity is becoming a laughing stock. Why? Because we fail to obey. We are happy with obeying this much. God wants us to obey this much. Well, Pastor, I thought it's about grace. And all we need to do is put our faith in God. Yes and no. Why? Because if you really believe in something, you will be doing something about it. Yes or no? If you don't believe something, you will not be doing something about it. But if you believe something, you will do something about it. Yes? Now look at this guy. His name is Charles Blondin. That's a side-by-side -side negative of the picture. The background is Niagara Falls. He is a tightrope walker. This was in the 1800s. You cannot see his picture because it's very small. Because Niagara Falls is so big. And he... He has a tightrope, no net, and he crosses back and forth from the American side and the Canadian side. Okay? He crosses. Now, one time he asked, do you believe? Here we go. Do you believe that I can cross back and forth? Oh, yes. Yes. Do you believe that I can carry somebody on my shoulder and bring him Across and back. Oh, yes, yes. Volunteer. <laughs> Did they believe? They said they believed. But they did not do anything about it. He was able to bring across his manager. His manager rode on top of his shoulders. He crossed from one side and back. One day, he decided to up the ante. Okay, who believes that I can cross this time with a wheelbarrow attached to my waist? You see the wheelbarrow there? You believe? Yeah. Volunteer. You really believe? Yes. Get on, my son. Why did that little boy go in? 
because he really believed. He really did something about it. He knew that this guy, Charles Blondin, could do it. We believe. We say we believe. But look at the warning of the book of James. James 2, 18 and 19. But someone may well say, you have faith, believe, and I have works, action. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe in each other. Do the demons believe that God exists? Do they believe in God? But they don't worship Him. They believe. One says, I have belief, I have faith. The other one says, well, I have works. I have action. So, what is the correct formula? For just as the body, in verse 26, without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. That's why for those of you who stood up, and says, yes, I'm going to disciple my wife. Yes, I'm going to disciple my children. Yes, I'm going to help disciple my brothers and sisters. If you're not doing it, my friends, my brothers, my sisters in Christ, to say, to believe, and not to do, is not yet to believe. You agree? We say one thing, but we don't do it. That's not really faith. That's why Jesus said, all authority, both in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. Now, who has all authority according to Jesus? He, he alone. And God the Father gave him all that authority. And all this authority, this person, this man, this God, Jesus Christ, who has been given all authority, is telling you and me to go make disciples. If we believe that Jesus is the Christ, if we believe that Jesus is the one with all authority, why aren't we doing anything about it? Yes, Pastor Danny? Agree? Because if you do not believe that Jesus Christ has authority, why will I obey? If your janitor in the office tells you to do something, will you do it? You're the vice president or you're the president? Hey, Mr. President, move your car. Who has the authority? The president. So the, what the president does, says, the, the people under must do. If I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is my Lord. He has the one that has all authority and is telling me, make disciples. What should I be doing? Oh, but pastor, I'm in the music ministry. You should be making disciples. Pastor, I'm in the men's ministry. You should be making disciples. Pastor, I'm in the women's ministry. You should still be making disciples. Because this is the main ministry that God has entrusted to us. Make disciples. Before I continue, why don't we stand and offer this time to the Lord. God Almighty, we thank you for this privilege, this honor of coming to you in worship. I thank you, Lord, for your word that does not change. It will stand forever. 
So I pray, Lord, that we will all listen to your word. And then I ask that you fill all of us with your Holy Spirit to give us understanding, to give us wisdom, to give us the courage to follow what you're telling us to do. Because God, far be it from us that we keep on saying that we believe but fail to do. God help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Here we see the challenge that Pastor Daniel laid out for all of us. Husband disciple the wife. Parents disciple the children. Why? Because you're the parents. Sunday school is just there to assist. The D group leader is just there to assist. But the main disciples of the children are the parents. Right? Why is this important? Because if the parents don't disciple the children, someone else will disciple the children. Remember what I shared with you last two weeks ago about the priest, Eli? Did he disciple his children? No. He did not disciple his children well. So, we have the two commissioners. Their names, Hophni and Phineas. The people would come to offer, oh, wait a minute, where's my commission? They became commissioners. The people would come to offer worship, to offer to God, but they took a portion for themselves. And to make matters worse, they got the best cut. So what did God do? He, God, told Eli, because you honored your children more than me, this is what's going to happen. Both your children will die on the same day. Did it happen? Yes. Both Hophni and Phineas died on the same day. Eli, the priest, he was serving the Lord. He did not disciple his children well. Let me share with you some illustrations from the Bible about, shall we say, discipleship gone wrong. Okay? Ahab and Jezebel. May I suggest once again, do not name your children Ahab or Jezebel. Please. Okay? Why? Look at what happened. 1 Kings chapter 16. Now Ahab, the son of Omri, became king over Israel in the 38th year of Asa, the king of Judah. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. Now who is Ahab? Ahab was the son of King Omri. King Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord. But his son Ahab, what did he do? He was worse than his father Omri. He was worse. Discipleship gone wrong. 
Now, what happened? Yes, that's what happened. In 1 Kings 21, Surely there was no one like Ahab, who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel, his wife, incited him. He acted very abominab abominably in following idols, according to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord cast out before the sons of Israel. Now, between chapter 16 and chapter 21, what happened? King Ahab had a castle built, most of it built with ivory. And then he was looking at his castle, and he found it was very beautiful, except there was one piece of property owned by Naboth. And that piece of property, King Ahab wanted for himself. He said, wow, this is a beautiful piece of property. If that is mine, I will be able to plant a vegetable garden. I wish I could own that property. He goes and speaks to Naboth. Can I buy your piece of land? Naboth said, far be it from me that I would sell my inheritance. So, King Ahab went home in his beautiful palace, downcast. He had married Jezebel from Phoenicia for political purposes. You see, during their time so that, you know, they don't come into war, they come into marriage so that they become one family, they don't fight over each other anymore. Get the principle? Okay. So he goes home, and his wife Jezebel, what happened? Why do you look sad? You're the king. Why are you so sad? Well, Naboth, he does not want me to bought his land. But you're the king. What? You can own anything. You can get everything. You're the king. No, but he doesn't want to sell me his property. Long story short, Jezebel concocts this big charade that basically makes Naboth someone who blasphemed the Lord. So, because he blasphemed the Lord, supposedly he was put to death. So Naboth was killed because of the maneuverings, the manipulations of Jezebel. That's why the Bible says there was like there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, the wife, incited him. Who is supposed to disciple the wife? The husband. Who is the husband? Ahab. Ahab listened to his wife. Jezebel incited him to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did worse than his father. He did worse than the previous kings before him. Another name, two names that you should not name your children. Ananias and Zephira. Okay? 
Ananias and Sapphira. What happened? In Acts chapter 5, a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back some of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Here you have the good-willed man and a good-willed woman who dispose of their property. Their intention was the proceeds be given to the church so that the church could help the rest of the congregation. But what did they do? They kept back some of the money. Ananias, with full knowledge of his wife Sapphira, kept back some of the money for themselves. And when they represented, here is the pro proceeds of the sale. Was it correct? Was it true? They said yes. But what did Peter say? You have misrepresented the amount. That property was yours. Nobody told you to sell it and give it to the church. It was yours completely. Why is it that Satan has filled your heart? You have not only lied to men, you have lied to God. Both of them, with full knowledge, withheld back some of the amount. What happened? As he heard these words that Peter shared with him, Ananias fell down and breathed his last. And a great fear came over all the people who heard it. The young men got up and covered him up, and after carrying him out, they buried him. What happened to Ananias? He died on the spot. I just lied. God is unfair. Many people do worse than me. You have not lied to men. You have lied to God. Three hours later, an interval of about three hours, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. She did not know that she was already a widow. What happened after three hours? And Peter responded to her, tell me, whether you sold the land for such and such a price? And she said, yes, that was the price. Remember, they had agreed. Then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together? To put the Spirit of the Lord to the test. Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. Did Sapphira also lie? Yes. They have connived. They have agreed to misrepresent the amount. What happened? And immediately, another dead on the spot. And immediately, she fell at his feet and breathed her last. And the young man came in and found her dead. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Discipleship gone wrong. They agreed to lie. Ahab listened to Jezebel. 
How about Abraham and Sarah? Abraham, the father of faith. Okay? In Genesis chapter 12, that was the time that God told Abraham of his promise. God's promise to Abraham. Come, leave, go to this land that I will show you. I will bless you and you will be a father of great nations and all nations will be blessed through you and through your seed, all nations will be blessed. Wow. Okay, I go on the journey. I start to obey God. Then what happens? Now there was a famine in the land. So Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was severe in the land. It came about when he came near to Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, see now, I know that you're a beautiful woman. Wow, at 65, okay? Because when Abraham received the promise, he was 75. His wife was 65. At 65, see now, I know that you're a beautiful woman. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. They will kill me. But they will let you live. Oh, please say that you're my sister. So that it may go well with me because of you. And that I may live on account of you. Oh. What did Abraham do? He told his wife Sarai to? Why? They might kill me. They will spare you. They will kill me. Because you're beautiful. The husband tells the wife to lie. To save his own neck. Well, you know. Let's give Abraham a break. Anyway, he's the father of our faith. And you know, you know naman the Egyptians. You don't really know what they're going to do. So let's give him a break. Well, okay. But how about in Genesis 20? Now Abraham journeyed from there toward the land of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he sojourned in Gerar. Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. How many times did Abraham lie? Are we going to give him a pass? We shouldn't give him a pass. Now if you read through scripture, you will know that this is a half truth because Sarah was also Abraham's half sister get it but rather than being 100% honest he decided to go the other way and 50% truth rather 50% lie than 100% truth that's why we should have as our goal To obey all. There is no conflict between the grace of God and our the command to us to obey all. People want the freedom of salvation. But we do not want to live out our salvation. We don't, you see that graphic that I showed earlier? Oh, only this much read their Bible. Only this much pray. Only this much time. But everybody wants to go to heaven. So we want to accept the free gift of God, but we do not want the responsibility to live as Christians. That's why we are becoming a mockery. Because we say one thing, we do the other. 
we should be willing. We should make it our life's goal. God, I want to obey all. My friends, this is the most tragic failure of discipleship ever. Adam and Eve. When God created Adam and Eve, He told Adam, The Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. God gave the command to whom? To the man. You the man. I give you the command. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden except this one tree. Because if you eat from that one tree, you're going to die. So what happens? In chapter 3, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, God has said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, Oh, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, You shall not eat or it, eat from it or touch it or you will die. True or false? Okay. Why? Obey all. What did God say to Adam? You shall not eat. What was the understanding of his wife, Eve? You're not to eat. You're not to touch. Breakdown. Breakdown. Who was supposed to instruct Eve? There's nobody else anyway. Yes? There's nobody else. So it was Adam's responsibility to lead his wife, to train his wife, to teach his wife, to disciple his wife. Breakdown. God said, do not eat. The understanding of the wife. Yes, we're, we're not supposed to eat. We're even not supposed to touch it. Continue. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the devil is enticing Eve to disobey God because of the breakdown of discipleship. The understanding of Eve was flawed. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it is the delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable for making one wise, she took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves loin coverings. Wait a minute. Where was Adam? What was he doing? He should have been watching over his wife. 
He should have been protecting his wife. He should have been leading his wife. He should have been discipling his wife. What was he doing? All this time, the serpent is trying to deceive Eve to commit sin, to commit disobedience against God. And what was he doing? So what happened? Eve took of the fruit and she ate. And by eating, disobeyed the commandment of God. And she gave to her husband who was with her and he ate. And after that they have eaten, what happened? All of, the, all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. They saw their nakedness and began to cover themselves. Sin had entered the world. Shame together with sin entered the world. And they tried to cover up their mistake, their sin, their disobedience with fig leaves. And what? is the consequence. God said to them in verse 17, Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken for you are dust and dust you shall return. Adam did not disciple his wife. Adam allowed his wife to take the lead and she was deceived and she ate she was deceived and she disobeyed. Adam took the fruit from his wife. He ate and he also sinned. I knew it. It is the woman's fault. Well, First Timothy says, it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. It was not Adam who was deceived. But the woman being deceived fell into transgression. See, I told you. Guess again. The woman was deceived. But Adam's sin was willful. He could have said, no, I'm not going to eat. But what did he do? He just ate. No one tried to deceive him. He took it from his wife and he ate it. And he was the person to whom God gave the command. So who really dropped the ball? So don't nudge your wife. And don't nudge your husband. You see, I told you it's really your fault. No, it's really your fault. See, that's exactly what they did. What did you do? God, the man that you gave me. God, the woman that you gave me. Eve, what happened? The serpent that you created. It's never our fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Where are you going? There. Hone up. Be accountable. Be in discipleship. 
This is the worst. This is the worst breakdown of discipleship. Because look at the consequence. So he, God, drove the man out at the east of the Garden of Eden. He stationed the cherubim with the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Not only did they die physically, they became mortal. They died spiritually. They were cast out from the presence of God. They were cast out. They were no longer allowed to be with God because of one act of disobedience. God, I'm already obeying 99.99999%. How about that point zero 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 one? What's that? Should I accept that? If God would say, God desires all of our heart. He wants us to obey completely. You see this breakdown? Because of one sin, sin entered the world. And death through sin, therefore all died because all have sinned. One sin. And then we, we toy around, we play around with God. God, I'm already obeying this much. Okay na. Can you just accept that? No. Any sin is sin. Any form of disobedience is disobedience. Let's stop playing around with God. Let's stop playing around. Look, do you see? You see what happened? Now, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we are affected. We, because of our sin, are also separated from God. So what happens now? How can we restore that broken relationship? How? Can I submit to you? Three points. Yeah, very easy. If you still do not understand that, I don't know anymore what to do. Oh! 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 Oh. You like that, Michael? That's it! Isn't it the parents when we see our children attempting to do something? Oh, oh, oh! Oh, yeah! That's it! You see them already trying to disobey. Oh, oh, oh. So very simple. This is how we reconnect everything. Very easy. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, That's it. How? How? Hi. Again? Matthew 28, 18 to 20, again? Yes. Let me explain. Let's read it together, shall we? And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, again? What's the first O? 
make disciples. How do I make disciples? Obey the gospel. You cannot be, I cannot be a disciple until I become a believer. To come to faith in Jesus Christ, I must first place my faith in Christ. I cannot be a follower of someone with whom I have no relationship whatsoever. A disciple is a follower of Christ. Therefore, a, a disciple of Christ must first have a personal relationship with Christ. Eh, bakit naman obey? Why is it obey again? Why? Because look, 1 Peter 4, For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel? Friends, if you want to spend eternity with heaven, if you are that 100% who want to spend eternity with heaven from that data, you and I must first obey the gospel. If you do not obey the gospel, no need for discipleship. Why? Because you're not even a Christian. Who will you follow? You have no relationship. And what is the gospel? Now I make known to you, brethren, Paul writes, the gospel which I received to you, which you received in which you also stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I have delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. That, my friends, is the gospel. Jesus Christ paid for your sin and mine. And to prove that He died to pay for your sin, they buried Him. To prove that He is God, He rose from the dead. How do I know? He appeared to the disciples. And at one time, he appeared to more than 500 before he ascended back to heaven. You have to first obey the gospel. If you have obeyed the gospel, the Bible tells us, make disciples. Teach others to obey the gospel. Evangelize them. Share Christ with them. Invite them to a concert. Invite them to a retreat. Invite them to your D group. Whatever it is, invite them so that they may hear the gospel and may obey the gospel of Christ. Make disciples. In the process of you becoming a disciple, help others make disciples. Bring the gospel to them so that they may obey the gospel. What's the second O? What do you think? Obey by baptizing them. Obey by baptizing them. Obey, be baptized. When you come to faith in Christ, obey the call of God. Fulfill the great commission. Baptize them. Challenge them. Encourage them. Now that you have a personal experience with Jesus Christ? Why don't you make a public confession? Why don't you come out in the open? Get out of the closet, so to speak. Stop being a secret agent. Come out and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Go through the waters of baptism. Last year, behind me, this baptistry, we baptized 32 in one Sunday. Praise God. You know, it challenges people. 
when they come to faith, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to make a declaration. I'm going to come out and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Baptized. If you haven't been baptized, see us. We'll arrange something. We'll have a class. We'll have another baptism ceremony over here. But designed to obey the call of God that those who have come to faith in Christ be baptized. Look at what Jesus did. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you and you come to me? John the Baptist recognized that Jesus Christ is God. And Jesus Christ had no sin, therefore did not need to be baptized. And he said, you come to me? You should be the one baptizing me. And what did Jesus Christ say? But Jesus answering to him, said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. And after being baptized, Jesus came out immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. Verse 17, Behold, a voice out of he the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus need, did not need to be baptized, but because it was part of the plan of God, that John the Baptist would preach a gospel, the baptism of repentance, that Jesus Christ gave us a model to follow. He said to his cousin, let it be so for now. And then because Jesus went through the waters of baptism, obeying the bigger plan of God, what did God the Father say? This is my son. In him, I am well pleased. You want to say God, to hear God say to you, I am pleased with you. I am happy with you. I know that you love me because you obey even if you don't need to. Obey the gospel. Obey the call to baptism. And obey all. Teach all. Just simply obey all and teach all. Why? It's right there. He said, teaching them to observe all. So before I can teach somebody else to obey all, I must have the commitment to myself first to obey all. I cannot just keep on, you know, this is what you should do. You know, have you had your devotion today? Have you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. What if they ask? Have you done yours, pastor? Oh, no, no, don't ask me. I'm asking you. Where is the equity in that? You just tell people to do something. You yourself, you're not doing it. Jesus Christ commands us to obey all. We have to learn all so that we can obey all. Yes? Obey all. Get out of that. That's okay. God will understand. How will God understand if we are not willing to obey all? I know you're obey, already obeying. I know it. You will not come here 
Sunday in and Sunday out. You will not be faithful in attending your D groups, wherever they are, if you're not already obeying. But the call to us is what? Obey all. Why? Why do I know that you're obeying all and God still wants us to obey even more until we get to the level of obeying all? Look at what Paul wrote to the, the church in Thessalonica. Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received from us instruction as how you ought to walk, how you ought to live as Christians and please God just as you actually do walk. In other words, they are already doing it. Correct or not? They're already doing it. That you excel still more. You have not arrived. There's a lot more to obey. That's why the Bible tells us, obey all. They're already doing it. They're already following. They're already obeying it. You should excel still more. There is a lot more to obey. Oh, oh, oh. Obey the gospel. Obey the call to be baptized. Make it your life's goal as a follower of Jesus Christ to obey all. Oh, Pastor, I'm a human being. I am weak. You have the Holy Spirit. You just need to appropriate the Holy Spirit's power in your life. But if you are unwilling, nothing will happen. Did Jesus Christ obey all? This is what John, the beloved, writes. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So to say that I am a believer, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, means I must walk as Jesus walked. I must obey as Jesus obeyed. Did Jesus Christ obey all? Answer, yes. how do I know? Some of you, many of you have memorized this. Have this attitude in yourselves which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, making, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Did Jesus Christ obey all? Okay, at the crucifixion. Ow! I changed my mind. Oh, just the hands, huh? No feet. No crown of thorns, no scourging. Okay, crucifixion. He obeyed all. Just as the Son of Man, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. They will crucify him, Psalm 22. They will beat his face. Jesus Christ obeyed all. Selflessness. He did not regard equality with God. He did not say, I'm better than them. Remember, I'm God. 
He did not cling to it. Selflessness. Humility. He humbled himself. The creator God became part of his own creation. That's humbling. Do you watch The Undercover Boss? But that's just a movie. That's just a series. After they have accomplished, he comes out. <laughs> I'm really the boss. And let me reward you. Jesus Christ became part of his creation. He died for his creation. Some of whom do not recognize him for who he is. But he gave us a model, an attitude, his attitude that we should have also. He was selfless. He did not claim, that is beyond my pay grade. Nothing like that with Jesus. Instead, he humbled himself. He took the form of a human being. Not only an ordinary human being, he became a bond slave, a slave by decision. He humbled himself. Selflessness, humility, total obedience. He himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Was the obedience of Jesus Christ complete? Was it a hundred percent? Yes. Any first John tells us that we who claim to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. Don't you think that we who profess to be his children, to be his followers, should also desire to obey all? Yes or no? Yes. And what is the promise? Obey the gospel, obey and be baptized, obey all and teach all. Because if you do all of the above, oh, oh, oh. Look at what his promise is. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The relationship that was broken when Adam did not disciple his wife and they fell into sin, can be restored by obeying the gospel, obeying the call to be baptized, and live a life of obedience. The grace of God to reconcile us to himself. And if we do that, he says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If not, obey the gospel. Believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin, that he was buried, and that he lives again. If you have not obeyed the call to be baptized, come and see us. We'll do something. Brother Philip has asked me, his brother wants to be baptized. If you have not Learn to obey all. Come, join a D group where you can be discipled, encouraged to obey all. What's the message this morning? Oh, oh, oh. Obey the gospel. Obey, be baptized. Obey all, teach all. Oh, oh, oh. 
Number one, very important, if you have not obeyed the gospel, friends, you, baka mat, you never know what will happen. Obey the gospel. Come to faith in Christ. All Jesus Christ is asking is for you to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead. And if you come to that point, then make a public declaration. Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to obey. Join a D group. We will help you because we have not made it as well. We are all works in progress, progress, but I'm not going to make that an excuse. Do you desire to obey the gospel? Do you desire to be baptized and to come out? Because when Jesus came out from those waters of baptism, that was his public declaration and that was the start of his public ministry. And then Jesus Christ obeyed all. This morning, we are going to obey one of two institutions that the Lord God has left for us. The other one being baptism, the second one being the Lord's Supper. Can I have the men distribute the elements, please? Men, can you help distribute the juice and the bread? Now, as we take a look at Luke 22, wah, 117, ah, mali, 17 to 19. He had taken the cup and given thanks. Take this and share among yourselves, for I say to you, I will not eat of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So does God command us to follow the observance of the Lord's table? Answer? Yes. Who is allowed to partake in the Lord's table? Those who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Therefore, because if you have not yet come to faith in Christ, inhibit yourselves. It's okay. No one is going to call your attention. That's between you and God. Second, the call to obey all. If you're here this morning and you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but you're not willing to obey all, you're cherishing sin in your heart, inhibit yourself also. Inhibit yourself. Inhibit yourself from partaking. This is a command of God. This is serious between God and you. This is something personal. Be in an attitude of prayer, wherever you are. If you don't yet have a personal relationship with Jesus, from your heart to the heart of God, tell God, God, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as the one who died to pay for all of my sins. I humbly ask you to come into my life, not only to be my Savior, but to be the Lord of my life. God, with the power of your Holy Spirit, I desire to obey you. And I ask you to change me from the inside out, to make me the kind of disciple that you want me to be. 
if you already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is bringing a sin that you've been harboring, a sin that you've been cherishing and you're not willing to give up to God. Will you make your commitment? I don't know what it is. But I assure you, God knows. And I assure you that He is waiting for you right here, right now. And He's willing to take you as is where He is. But He will not let you stay as is where He is. He will do something in your life. Is Jesus Christ the air that you breathe? Are you giving your all to Jesus Christ this morning? May I have some of the elements? If it helps you to close your eyes and bow your heads, do so. Because this is between you and God. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He will not partake of this ever again on this side of eternity. But he said that all who are his will feast at the Lamb's table in heaven. Are you that individual that God is looking for this morning? One who is fully committed to Jesus. One who is fully committed to obey everything that God has laid out for him. One that is longing to hear. Well done. Good and faithful servant. This is my child. This is my son. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. And on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And giving thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is given up for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for humbling yourself to becoming part of your creation, giving up your life, giving up your body as you bore our sins. Jesus, we want to thank you that you took our stripes. You were pierced through for our transgression. The iniquity of us all fell on you. And we remember you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's partake of the bread. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine and said, This is my body, which will be shed for you for the remission of your sins. This blood is the blood of the new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, we just want to thank you so much that you shed your blood for our sin. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that covers us. That when God the Father looks at us, Lord, He no longer sees our sinfulness. He sees that we are covered by the blood of the Lamb.
the perfect, unblemished blood of the Lamb, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord. Let's partake together. God Almighty, we thank you for what you have done for us through Jesus Christ. For it is only by your grace that we are saved through faith. I pray, Lord, for all of us that you will imbibe in us an earnest desire to obey everything that you have commanded to us. And even as we celebrate the Lord's table and remember what Jesus Christ has gone through for us, we rejoice that He is alive, that He is risen, that He is seated at the right hand of the Father, constantly interceding for the saints. God, we thank You for Your great love for us. Allow us to respond to that love by having that desire to obey everything that you've commanded that we may also walk as Jesus walked in selfless humility and total obedience this is our prayer from our hearts to yours we pray in Jesus name and all of God's people said Amen and Amen